0: episode 288 of the professional book nerds podcast presented by overdrive this is jill hi adam
1: how's it going good how are you i'm doing well i'm doing well. i'm cold it's very windy and chilly here It is okay
0: yeah it is indeed
1: um i don't know why i thought of this when you were checking the levels before we started recording but i listened to like the first few minutes of a really older a really old episode recently for something I i needed it for there was a reason i wasn't just like vainly being like i should listen to our voices and we didn't have um pop filters before and it sounded so different, not like horribly, but just super different. For people who don't know, pop filters are the thing you always see in front of microphones. that make sure your P's and B's and D's and all of those like hard consonants don't pop the microphone and sound horrible. But it, I could hear every one of those. I was like, ugh, ooh, boy, that was bad.
0: Our early episodes were terrible with the sound. Yeah. So thank you, listeners, who have stuck, stuck with stuck us through all the I
1: know. <laughs> Well, then I always feel bad because a lot of people, you know, when you hear a, po- a podcast for the first time, like we're on episode, would you say 288? A lot of times people will go back and listen to the first few and I'm like, don't do that. I know. Please don't do That's that. That's not what we are anymore. <laughs> we're not about that anymore. Anyway, uh, today's episode is our December books. Like we just did November's books. Feels like it. October felt like it took three years. November felt like it took three minutes. Which is, it's great. That seems accurate. Yeah. Um, For people who might be new or checking in just relatively recently, every end of each month, we preview the books we're most excited about for the upcoming month. So Jill and I create a list, usually about the same amount of books each. I have 10. I have eight. Okay. We don't tell each other what the books are ahead of time because we have a pretty good feel on what each other's reading uh, preferences are after...
0: I am worried there's one on here that you put. Below. I was
1: actually going to say, I think I have two or three that we might align <clears throat> with just because December is kind of the, there's not always a ton of releases.
0: There was not a ton.
1: Um, but we go back and forth and then we will put all of the titles in our show notes. So you can go there and see everything. We link them all to overdrive.com so you can read a sample of the book and then you can go find it at your library. Also, if you go to our website, um and I think it's the second... Button on the top of the page, there's a about us button, and that has our monthly list on there as well. So don't have to worry about writing them down and everything like that. Um someone asked like recently, like, where do I find these books? I'm driving when I'm listening. So in the show notes. Um
0: unless we forget, which I think happened last week.
1: Maybe um, last week. Yeah, but we're good about it for the monthly ones.
0: For the monthly ones we are.
1: Because then we take those monthly lists and we tell all of our account managers for our publishers like hey go tell our publishers all the books we talked about yeah um so that's what that's the main stuff you mentioned maybe you wanted to talk about our 30-day book challenge do you want to do that or or no putting on the spot i'm sorry
0: oh i mean whatever we can or not
1: but do you want to remind people what it is really sure
0: that was super awkward so i know i'm sorry that's okay so um
1: about this before we start recording adam gosh
0: so We have a 30-day book challenge that you can do on social media, um, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, You can find the little graphic on our um, various social media uh, sites. Um, We are on Twitter and Instagram (laughs) at ProBookNerds. You can also find the graphic on our website, ProfessionalBookNerds.com. And it's just one of those things where, you know, there's a different challenge for every day, whether it's a book um, by... Enough, like your favorite book by your favorite author or um, an anthology that you love or okay, there's like there's 30 there's of them. There's 30 of them, yeah. So Adam and I started on um, November 1st. So if you've been following us, which you should if you're not already. Um, it, ours will be ending soon, but you can really start this anytime you want. Just jump on in with um, all of your 30 books and be sure to tag us because I always like seeing everybody else's.
1: Also, Jill did a really good thing. Um, I'm really... Good with social media, and I'm great on Instagram, except for when it comes to highlights, which I am still learning how to create. So, Jill made highlights for our book challenges. So, if you want to go see everything that Jill or I, or Jill and I, have put as our suggestions, you can go to our Instagram like, homepage, I guess mm-hmm. they would call them. And there's our little highlights right there, and you can see the whole month. It's really easy because it's the only highlights we've ever made. It's a Jill one, and there's an Adam one. There you go. So, okay. You want to dive into the books? Sure. All right, I'll start because I have, like I said, I have 10, but I'm pretty sure we're going to align. Okay. So the first one I have is Once Upon a River by Diane this Is this the one you thought we would have?
0: No, I had a different one I thought we would have.
1: Okay, so we both have this one too? Yep. Uh, See, December's tough. Uh, Well, we can both talk about it then. So on a dark winter's night in, in, in an ancient inn on the River Thames, an extraordinary event takes place. The regulars are telling stories while to kind of pass the time in the dark hours of the night, and then the door bursts open, and there's this grievously wounded stranger, and in his arms is a lifeless body of a small child. Hours later, the the girl comes back to life, uh, but she can't talk, and she can't tell anyone who she is or where she came from, and everyone in this inn seems to have a thought about who she might be. There's this family who had a long-lost daughter who disappeared for a couple years, there's uh, someone else who has like there's just a very there's various people who no one knows who this child is and the child obviously can't tell them so i was trying to figure out who the child actually is and it just seems really really interesting um kind of like a mystery sort of a thing
0: so um diane sutterfield's previous book the 13th tale is in my like my top 10 books of all time
1: oh had i have known that i wouldn't have put this on my list
0: yeah so um i'm very excited for this one because i love the 13th tale love it love it if you have not read it you should it's a book for book lovers there's some mystery in there there's some mysterious book stuff in there it's great
1: oh like it's about books it is
0: a book about books okay yeah the i haven't read that
1: i haven't yeah. read that one so i was just curious So i'm
0: very excited for this one
1: Interesting. Okay. Also, not for nothing, the cover is really fun. It's like a river that ends in a swan head and it's pretty fantastical. I like it. Okay. Sorry. That's, That's Once okay. Upon a River by Diane Setterfield.
0: Um. So, this, my first one is Born to be Posthumous by Mark Derry. This is going
1: to be a bad month. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah, I have this one too. It looks amazing.
0: So, this is about the art of Edward Gorey, who, if you have seen his art, you know. Like, if you go look for Edward Gorey, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Those. Um so this is just sort of about who he is and um just sort of talks about all of the books he has illustrated, all of his illustrations and his own books. And um there's correspondence and interviews with people like John Ashbury, Donald Hall, Lemony Snicket, Neil Gaiman. I mean
1: yeah, just to put in perspective, Edward Gore is like he's considered like the father of goth, kinda. Like that's and then that's actually in the description. Like if you are wondering like what are they talking about? Picture um like Tim Burton style mm-hmm. or you know, anything like you said like Neil Gaiman style like
0: Um, did you ever watch Six Feet Under? Yes. There's a children's book series that's mentioned frequently between Brenda and her brother. And every time I look at them, I'm like, those look like Edward Gorey books. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Edward Gorey. And, you, and like, as a person, he was, he was super reclusive and like really just strange. And he's the exact type of person who you'd think would make the artwork that he made. Um, I was trying to find the audiobook at our local library, but they don't have it mm. at the moment. Did so.
0: you recommend it?
1: I couldn't. It wasn't recommendable. The audiobook the, wasn't. Is there evil. an audiobook of it? It appears as if there was on overdrive.com. I'm gonna have to check the uh I don't know. well, you know so you know how there's various rights and locations, and I'm thinking maybe the audiobook might not have US rights or something. Oh, you were looking
0: at overdrive.com.
1: Well, first I looked overdrive.com and saw that it had an audiobook. And sure. then I went to our local library and tried a recommend Okay, yeah, no, it.
0: that okay. Yeah, it could be a rights thing.
1: Yeah. Which I hope not because I want to listen to it. My next one is Pandemic by Robin Cook.
0: Did not put it on oh, here. Oh,
1: okay. I was, if, if we had gone like f- the first couple of these, I, we would just make to to stop the podcast. Um So I, after William Goldman passed away, I decided I wanted to read a bunch of William Goldman books I'd never read. And Marathon Man was one that everyone always talked about. And it's a wonderful movie, but I'd never read the book. And so I went back and I read it. And it's like a, it's a mystery kind of thriller. And so now all of a sudden I never really read, read a lot of thrillers, but now I'm like, in this thriller kick and this falls right in that so um pandemic kind of sounds almost like 28 days later meets what i wanted the strain to be that garbage effects show um about the vampires that everyone thought was like a sickness anyway when an unidentified seemingly healthy woman collapses in on, on a new york city subway and dies upon reaching the hospital her case is eerily remind uh, is an eerie reminder of the 1918 flu pandemic. And so they're trying to figure out what's wrong with her. Um, and they, there's a couple weird things that they happen after they inspect and do an autopsy. Uh, first, she's had a heart transplant. And the second is that, against all odds, her DNA matches that of the transplanted heart, which shouldn't make sense. You shouldn't have a heart transplant and also have the DNA of the person who you took. So trying to figure out what happened, and it's just this whole, like, Biotechnology and gene editing, type of a thing, and I'm really it sounds really interesting. I don't normally read this type of stuff, but so you've
0: never read Robin Cook before.
1: No, I've never, this is kind of what he Cook.
0: does, he does like medical thrillers. So I feel like it, there's a whole bunch more for you.
1: Is there, um, I love how you let me go on my spiel and you're like, Oh, oh, honey, I'm no, I was have, like, abduction. I'm trying to, oh, well, I'm just looking at his own. I wasn't trying to be now. like that, sorry, no, no, no. you weren't, no, 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 oh, that okay. wasn't a bad thing. I was like, You were just like, Let me do my whole thing, and you're like. He's done this for, like, what looks like Sorry, no, I years. wasn't try- I, apologies. I no, was not trying – I apologize. No, you're good. That. I'm actually – I'm just scrolling through. I'm trying to look at the covers of the other books to see if I recognize any them. I don't. I feel bad about myself. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. What's next for you?
0: Um, I have The Dakota Winters by Tom Barbish, and this is an evocative and wildly absorbing novel about the winters a family living in New York City's famed Dakota apartment building in the year leading up to John Lennon's assassination.
1: That sounds really good
0: historical fiction new york city
1: yeah who'da thunk it's um, shocking i have it on here you should send an email to fiona davis and recommend it to her
0: no well she her second book was about the dakota so I, that's what i was gonna yeah. say i remember that
1: um my next one is art matters yeah, i did
0: it again i'm just like librarians playing all over this
1: no you're good speaking of libraries my next one is art matters by neil gaiman and illustrated by chris uh riddle so this isn't technically a book, but it's an inspirational thing that I feel like people could use right now. So um, our, Neil Gaiman has done a bunch of famous, obviously, like speeches and poems and manifesto type things. And this one is a he pulls four of them. Uh, Credo, which is his like relevant and concise manifesto on free expression. Uh, and that he gave that after the Charlie Hebdo shootings. And then he had a famous commencement speech called Make Good Art, which was awesome. And then another one called "Making a Chair," which was a poem. And then he had this awesome library argument called "On Libraries." So basically, it's just repurposing all those. And then Chris Riddle, or Riddell, sorry if I don't, I'm not pronouncing that right, uh, illustrates them. So just a really inspiring thing. I feel like something uplifting is a good thing to have at this moment. So plus it's Neil no Gaiman.
0: So my next one is "We Are the Nerds" by Christine Ligorio Chafkin. This is the birth and tumultuous life of Reddit. The Internet Cultures Laboratory. I saw this. <laughs> oh, Reddit. I, I, I love parts of Reddit. hmm
1: uh-huh. hmm uh-huh.
0: The rest of it is kind of a dumpster fire. Um, and it is it hails itself as the front page of the Internet. It's the third most visited website in the United States. And yet millions of Americans have no idea what it is. So this book, um, We Are the Nerds, kind of looks at... Um, Reddit and sort of how it became what it is and just yeah. Should be interesting.
1: The homepage of Reddit really it's literally just a discussion board that is the most it's crazy how
0: Yes yeah, one big discussion board of just yeah. whatever you could possibly yeah think. Um and there are definitely some I mean I subscribe to certain subreddits. Um and
1: I've hosted Reddit AMAs for overdrive. Well, that too. <laughs> Um, that too. So I feel. I feel. I. I go on there from time to time, but also I avoid it from time to time.
0: Yeah, there's just certain subreddits where I'm like, I can't go there mm-hmm. because I just don't want to. But I will tell you though that I first. I will tell you. I will confess that I first signed up for Reddit because of Westworld. Because Westworld mm. is one of those shows where all you wanted to do in between episodes was talk about it yeah and go like deep dive talking about it and so reddit
1: was That's what reddit is great for is deep dives into like shows and theories on books and movies and stuff. The
0: funny thing though with the Westworld subreddit is that we had we I say we collectively the Westworld subreddit had figured out a lot of the <laughs> twists. Yeah. I mean no, and I and I include myself in that. I had like a whole document
1: No, I believe you. I just With
0: timelines? <laughs>
1: no, I just love like, speaking for the Westworld Reddit team.
0: There was a contingency of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the royal we. The
0: royal we. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I had this, like, huge document with timeline. I mean, like, you know me. Like, I mm-hmm. get very whatever. Um, yeah. So it was fun during Westworld. But people got mad.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because, like, they spoil everything. And, and um, it's, like, a whole... I, see...
1: I feel like, and I feel it like this way for Game of Thrones, um, Christina who comes on here all the time, her husband Scott. Scott gets more conversations about him from me on this podcast than anyone who's not an actually a book person in the planet. But uh, we watch Game of Thrones together, and he wants—he likes to go into every episode knowing nothing. He doesn't even like seeing trailers. And like, that's fine because he's like, I don't want anything to get spilled for me. But here's the thing. Game of Thrones, much like Westworld, They do such an incredible job of not letting any spoilers get out that even if you go on Reddit and like like you said, even if you guess what's happening, you don't know what's happening until you see it. So it's not like it ruined it for you because it's also for every correct theory, there's a thousand other ones that are just completely off base.
0: Well, I think part of it was that these you know there were all these people who came to the show late. Like if they didn't watch it. You know, mm. when it first aired and then they come on and there's all this stuff on here that they necess- like they wouldn't necessarily have even been looking for. And then they can't unsee it or unread that. That's fair. Um, but I do believe, if I remember correctly, Jonathan Nolan came and basically rickrolled the Westworld
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: subreddit at the beginning of season two. So that was fun.
1: Hey, here's an idea. If um, you don't, if you're behind on a show, um, d- don't go on Reddit. That's, that's good advice. Or don't like follow the hashtag for that. Yeah. You know, just saying. Uh Good tangent. I like that tangent. My next one.
0: You guys, we had an entire episode about Westworld read-likes. Oh, Yeah. Just I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there. I couldn't tell you what the number is right now, but yeah, it's, it's, it's there.
1: If you go to professionalbookturners.com and just search for their Westworld, it'll show up. Oh wait, we used fun music too. We did. I feel like I want to find it now. <laughs> I now I wanna just I it'll take me two seconds to search for it, guys. And if you like Westworld, Joe made this whole wonderful list. I've talked long enough. 221. Oh, and what a wits, right? It was
0: one of my favorite graphics I did, too.
1: Yeah, and we called it These Bookish Delights Have Bookish Ends. Yeah, we did. I, like, all caps sent that to you. I was like, Jill, I have the name. I was Okay. Solid tangent. Okay. Uh, Here's, this is going to be a left turn. Uh, My next one is called The Noma Guide to Fermentation. Okay. Stick with me. I am a food nerd. And Noma is a place in Copenhagen that has won the world's best restaurant four years out of like the past decade. So the head chef and co-owner of Noma, his name is Rene Redzeppi. Go on Instagram and follow Rene Redzeppi. He finds the most crazy foods and they're just like he has his, he, their whole thing is they are trying to redo Nordic cuisine and tell everyone all about Nordic cuisine and introduce it to him but one of the biggest things he does is he forages for a ton of their food so like he'll go out in the morning and pick wild berries that will be a part of their menu that night he's crazy he's so cool and
0: you can't see my face but i looked up his instagram it's crazy his it's instagram in-
1: is insane um they do a, they're a seasonal restaurant so they will be going like they go into like the very
0: farm to table type of thing. incredibly
1: farm to table. And everything is locally sourced and all of those buzzwords for restaurants that you want to hear. But it's really cool because like winter in the Nordic countries is heavily uh, fishing. It's fish. So they'll have a huge fish time. But then um, all throughout the summer this past year, I know all about the rush. I'm never going to go to this place because I'm never going to go to Copenhagen, I don't think. But all summer long, it was entirely vegetarian. The whole menu was vegetarian um and it's just really interesting and so one of the main things that they do is they try to cook these really simple recipes and if you look it up online you won't believe me that they're simple but like because they look beautiful and elaborate but they're all really simple things that they do and one of the things that they do in every single recipe it has something that's been fermented and so that might be like um a, a vinegar that they've made or like they've taken a a fruit or a vegetable and they fermented it into making like miso sauce or um like the thing that you would think when you think of fermentation usually is like kimchi and sauerkraut but like they have so the cool thing he's done he's taking all these ridiculously elaborate meals that they make at noma which again is a like two michelin star restaurant that's just world-class and he's providing recipes that you can make at home and it's just really interesting and the, he's really interesting, and it, he's so positive about like healthy eating and how you can—it's just really cool. That was way longer than I was planning on talking about a fermentation guide, but I sent it to one of my friends earlier, and I was like, "Well, we're gonna use this for a thousand recipes." So follow Renee Redzepi. Uh,
0: my next one is The Mansion by Ezekiel Boone.
1: Damn it! <laughs> Looks so good.
0: Um, okay, I'm just gonna read this description. After two years of living on cheap beer and little else in a bitterly cold tiny cabin outside an abandoned, crumbling mansion, young programmers Sean Eagle and Billy Stafford have created something that could make them rich. A revolutionary computer they name Eagle Logic. But the hard work and escalating tension have not been kind to their one solid friendship. Sean's girlfriend Emily has left him for Billy, and a third partner has disappeared under mysterious circumstances. While Billy walks away with Emily, Sean takes Eagle Logic which he uses to build a multi-billion dollar company that eventually outshines Apple, Google, and Microsoft combined. Years later, Billy is a failure beset by poverty and addiction, and Sean is the most famous man in the world. Unable to let the past be forgotten, Sean decides to resurrect his and Billy's biggest failure, a next-generation computer program named Nelly that, they, that can control a house's every function. He decides to set it up in the abandoned mansion that worked, they worked near all those years ago. But something about Nellie isn't right, and the construction of the mansion is plagued by accidental deaths. Sean is forced to bring Billy back, despite their long-standing mutual hatred, to discover and destroy the evil that lurks in the source code. I don't even know where to start with this. Okay, so we got, like, we got, like, Hal in here, taking over a house.
1: I, yeah. It,
0: with, like, Steve Jobs and, like, Wozniak kind of thing happening. And, like,
1: so, have you watched, um... Did you watch this year's American Horror Story? No. Okay. So there's two characters in it, and I'm not giving anything away, but one of them's Billy Eichner, and the other one is the the blonde guy who's in every American horror story. I can't think of his name. Um, but they play these two <laughs> these two tech bros who make a deal with the devil. And they sell their soul so that they can become billionaires and also they can't ever die. So, like, they just do cocaine, like, massive amounts the whole time and they create absurd stuff like this. And it's all I could think of. And I want to read this so much. It Technological Haunted House sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm so into it.
0: I just keep thinking about Hal. Yeah. <laughs> From 2001 Space Odyssey. Like, just like Hal in charge of a house. I'm like, that sounds great. <laughs> Hal House. <laughs> That's going to end well.
1: House Hal. Um, my. <laughs> My next one is called Light Years by Cass Morgan. Good? Okay, you gave me a look. Um, they describe it as Ender's Game meets The 100. Um, the 100, I think, is a CW show. So this is YA science fiction. I think I had two or three of these. Um, but reading the description, it reminded me of like a YA version of Red Rising, which is why I got excited about it. So reeling from the latest attack by a mysterious enemy, the Fleet Academy is finally admitting students from every planet in the solar system after centuries of exclusivity. Hotshot pilot Vesper, an ambitious Tridian citizen, dreams of becoming a captain, but when she loses her spot to a brilliant, wisecracking boy from the wrong side of the asteroid belt and makes her question everything she thought she knew. Growing up on the toxic planet, Deva Cormac will take any chance he can to escape his dead-end life and join the Academy, even if he has to steal someone's identity to do it. It goes on and on. There's several of these kids who are in here. So it basically sounds almost like... You know, like your stereotypical group of young kids goes to a academy of some kind, but the twist of this one's a space opera. So I'm all for, sometimes you don't need to overthink things. What is it called again? Light Years by Cass Morgan, K-A-S-S. Um, yeah, sometimes you don't have to overthink things. If you just put like a group of kids in an academy and you throw it in space, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. That sounds wonderful.
0: So my next one is The Disasters by MK England. I had this one too. It's Which I, sounds very similar. Somewhat, I, somewhat. yes. So this is the Breakfast Club meets Guardians of the Galaxy Mm -hmm. um, in a YA sci-fi adventure. Hotshot Pilot Nax Hall. Oh, my God.
1: They both say Hotshot Pilot. (laughs) Phenomenal. Sorry. Continue.
0: This is the one I had a feeling you would have on your list as well. I did. So Hotshot Pilot Nax Hall has a history of making poor life choices. So it's not exactly a surprise when he's kicked out of the elite Ellis Station Academy in less than 24 hours. But Nax's one-way trip back to Earth is cut short when a terrorist group attacks the Academy. Nax and three other washouts escape, barely, but they're also the sole witnesses to the biggest crime in the history of space colonization, and the perfect scape- goes. On the run, Nax and his fellow failures plan to pull off a dangerous heist to spread the truth, because they may not be Academy material and they may not even get along, but they're the only ones left to step up and fight.
1: Yeah, I, I saw this and I was fully aware that they're both super similar, but I want to read them both that's okay yeah plus the cover for that one that's really cool it does look fun um my next one is for the sake of the game uh these are basically short stories inspired by the sherlock holmes canon so they were edited and put together by laurie r king uh but the actual uh, stories are by a bunch of different authors and this is i think they've done this a few times now um yeah so the first ones are echoes of Sherlock Holmes and in the company of Sherlock Holmes so those are the other two if you want more of these anthologies but uh ever since I started doing all of the Hercule Poirot books and then reading Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle I'm all for these like deep in thought like fun murder mystery things which aligns with Sherlock Holmes so I'm all for a bunch of short stories that are Somewhat related, I guess. Some of these stories is like very Sherlock Holmesian, where they're like the characters are actually in there, and then other ones it's just kind of related to something that might have something to do with Sherlock Holmes. So, sounds interesting. And I'm all for anthologies, so that's for the sake of the game.
0: My next one is The Day the Sun Died by Yan Link. I'm not sure, he um, is known as uh, one of China's most essential and daring novelists, and so this his is his newest um, novel, The Day the Sun Died. And in a little village nestled in the Balu Mountains, 14-year-old Lee and his parents run a funeral parlor. One evening, he notices a strange occurrence. Instead of preparing for bed, more and more neighbors appear in the streets and fields, carrying on with their daily business as if the sun hadn't already set. (laughs)
1: Lee
0: watches mystified as hundreds of residents are found dreamwalking, they act out the desires they've suppressed during waking hours. Before long, the community devolves into chaos and it's up to Lee and his parents to save the town before sunrise. What's that called? The Day the Sun Died.
1: I did not see that. Spooky. Yeah. I want to read that. Uh, My last one, because that's how many we've had in in a list together, is uh, We Can Save Us All by Adam Nemet uh this is is described by keith Gessen as at a moment when it's hard to trust anyone who claims to see things clearly adam Nemeth has written a smart sensitive terrifying novel about masculinity philosophy technology and the end of the world feels very on brand with life um so it's there's this place called the egg and it's an off-campus geodesic dome where David Fullman and his crew of alienated Princeton students trained for what might be the end of the days. America is in a perpetual state of war. Climate disasters create created a global state of emergency, and scientists believe it's time itself may be collapsing. Funded by the charismatic Matthias Blue and fueled by performance enhancers and psychedelic drugs, a student revolution incubates at the egg-inspired are the superheroes that dominate american culture this feels literally like everything that's happening in our actual life um and it's broken down as a basically brave multi-layered examination of what may be the fundamental question of our time just who's responsible for fixing all of this so if you use books for escapism maybe don't read this one um but it sounds really to me it's kind of it sounds a lot like uh, an absolutely remarkable thing by hank green Um, Where I'm hoping at the end it will be a message of kind of hope and positivity about people working together as opposed to what unfortunately feels like the opposite a lot of times.
0: Uh, My last one is Milkman by Anna Burns. Mm -hmm. So this one um, for our... European writer uh, listeners has been out over there. Um Anna won the Man Booker Prize for Milkman and I believe she was the first Northern Irish writer to do so. But so it's now going to be available for American audiences. Um in an unnamed city, middle sister stands out for the wrong reasons. She reads while walking for one, and she has been taking French night classes downtown. So when a local paramilitary known as the Milkman begins pursuing her, she suddenly becomes interesting. The last thing she ever wanted to be. Despite middle sister's attempts to avoid him and to keep her mother from finding out about her maybe boyfriend, rumors spread and the threat of violence lingers. Um, From what I have understood about this book, um, Anna has written it in a unusual narrative, I Mm -hmm. believe. Um, I
1: saw that too, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you read um, pieces about her having won the Man Booker Prize, um that seems to to come up is just sort of her, her st- like the way she tells the story, yeah. and not even the way she. I think the language, like the voice and language she uses for the book, um it sounds unusual, uh, which I think is a good thing. But yeah, I think it. You know, I think it sometimes is challenging for writers when they sort of deviate from the yeah the norm. But it's supposed to. I mean, it's supposed to be really good. I
1: mean, I won the Man Booker.
0: But yeah, so. won the Man Booker. <laughs>
1: Um. So that is all of our books, yeah? That's it. Um, okay, so here's the thing. I was thinking about this. So we had not as long a list as normal, but we have some really cool things coming up for you guys throughout December. Uh, first off, I'm sure at some point, we haven't talked about this, but I'm sure we'll do our best of books because Joe and I do that every year. So if you've been looking for books to read, um, you'll be able to do that. We're going to have... A week from today, when this goes out, we're going to have the best audiobook titles of 2018 with our friends from Audiophile Magazine. They'll be talking about that with us. Um, We have, at some point, uh, we're interviewing, well, not interviewing, we're having a conversation with Madeline Miller, who wrote Circe, all about theater stuff. So that's going to be out this month. Um, And then at some point, Jill and I interviewed Charlene Harris yesterday, the writer of Like the Sookie Stackhouse Books. And I can't remember a time when the two of us giggled more. She was so much fun.
0: She was amazing. Yeah. Um, we also will have a fun giveaway.
1: Yes, we're gonna do a fun giveaway. Coming
0: up in the next couple of weeks. You know, yeah. if you need some planning help for twenty
1: nineteen. Ooh. Good stuff. a little hint. Good hint. It's a little hint. Um we're also gonna do a whole bunch of fun stuff for twenty nineteen that we're still figuring out how to make work. So so yeah, there's lots of good stuff coming up. So less... there's not a lot of ton of new books that we talked about, but We talk about books all month long, as always. So, Anything else you think people should know about?
0: I think that's everything.
1: I think that's everything as well. Okay, well, happy December, everyone. Happy holiday season, officially, now that Thanksgiving has come and gone here in the States. and There's a million more holidays to celebrate. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast.
0: Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace.